We got a full week of wrestling. Let's start. Let's mark out Raw, February 21st in South Carolina. Brock Lesnar starts. Uh, he's cutting a promo in the ring, but before he can say anything, Heyman comes out and interrupts. Uh, Heyman says he represents the uh, one real champion. Uh, Heyman lets Lesnar know he has to defend the title at MSG on uh, on Saturday in, uh, in March at a house show, um, but he won't even make it to Mania as champ because he's going to lose. And he says... Um, he tells him it's Lashley he's facing, but uh, if Lashley can't make it, then it'll be a surprise. It'll be somebody worthy, which is cool. I gave that a plus one. Um, Brock calls Paul uh, Paul a dick, basically, but says he appreciates him. Um, and then Pro- Brock tells Paul he's doing fine without him and doesn't need him. And he tells him he knows where he's going to be on Friday at SmackDown. Uh, and he says he knows where... Brock, he knows where Brock himself is going to be, and that's going to be in the ring with Roman Reigns in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And Brock tells Paul he's going to be on SmackDown, and will introduce uh, them to the new WWE champion. And Brock does his Paul impression. So segment got a plus one. Um, Seth and Owens versus uh, or Seth and Owens are backstage with Kevin Patrick. Uh, they do a funny bit um, with Patrick as he comes up. To, uh, they're doing a funny bit, and then Patrick comes up to them. Um, and he asks them about their path to Mania. Owen says, uh, they have a path, uh, and they're the best Raw, uh, tag team on Raw. And if they beat RK Bro again tonight, they will have a tag match in two weeks, and they'll be champs going into Mania. Uh, and then maybe, who knows, they'll challenge the Usos. I give that a plus one, because that's a great tease of Rollins, Owens, and, um, the Usos. Uh, and then... Owen shits on Dallas before he leaves. So another plus one segment. Uh, Street Profits vs. Alpha Academy. Um, Dawkins does a tope onto all three of them before the commercial. Uh, Otis throws Dawkins into the barricade and yells, Watch out, boys. And then looks into the camera and says, uh, Watch out if you know what's good for you. Um, Otis yelled to the crowd earlier, um, I hate you all. So Otis is... Uh, Really uh, starting to talk a lot in the ring. It's funny. I like him as a, as a serious heel, though. Actually, they're not serious, but he's the muscle head. But he is still funny. Uh, Ford lifts up Otis, but Otis falls on him. Otis pins Ford, and Gable uh, holds Ford's foot down so he can't kick out, and Alpha gets the win. Glad Alpha is winning, the champions. Um, so a match gets a plus two. Overall, plus two. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Gorilla with Kevin Patrick. Champa says he doesn't feel pressure, and he'll take out Dolph any day of the week. And then Champa says he knows just who to call um, to be his partner. And then Finn Balor walks up, which is sick. Uh, awesome team. Plus one. Um, it says Raw is his home, and he'll never forget NXT and facing Champa. And they'll start uh, the road to Mania by standing shoulder to shoulder. So plus one segment. And then we had Finn, ba- Finn Balor and Tommaso Champa versus the Dirty Dogs. Uh, match is okay. Um... A finish was Champa did a sunset flip on Rude and stacked him up and got the win. Give the match a plus two over overall plus two. Uh, Miz partner announcement is next. He uh, he teases Cody Rhodes by saying his partner is dashing. Give that a plus one. Ray comes out and says Miz should give his spot uh, up 
at WrestleMania to someone who deserves it. And Miz says Dom deserves a WWE contract or did Daddy get him one? Uh, Dom talks about being in the locker room since he was seven and he knew it would uh, he knew what it took to be a superstar and his dad brought him here, but he'll do whatever it takes to stay here because it's his blood and his family and his life. And then Amiz announces his partner. Um, will it'll be him and his partner versus the Mysterious at Mania, and announces Logan Paul as his partner. I mean, I'm I'm not against it. It's it's whatever as long as Paul has fun and takes it serious. I'm good. Um, Logan Paul talks shit to Ray and Dom and says, "If this jackass," is, and then Dom says, "If this jackass is your partner, we accept." And then Miz takes out Dom and Logan takes out Ray. They both throw Ray shoulder first into the turnbuckle and then do it to Dom. Miz hits a skull-crushing finale on Ray, and then Logan makes uh, says me next, and then Ray throws Dom to him. Or, so Miz throws Dom to him. And uh, he does a be- kind of bad skull-crushing finale. Kind of landed on his side more than he should have. But, uh, yeah, overall, I just gave it a plus one for the dashing comment. Alpha Academy is backstage now with Kevin Patrick. Patrick asks him about the implication of tonight's main event tag match, and Gable tells him to shush and uh, to shoosh as they says on on the shirts, uh, and and he knows uh, the implications and calls the main event disgusting, says at least RK-Bro earned a title match in KO, and Seth just complained. Next, we had Nikki A.S.H. versus Rhea Ripley again, and Nikki yells uh, that she's a superhero and Rhea is nothing, and then Rhea headbutts her. Rhea kicks Nikki in the head and hits her with a riptide for the win, no points. Damian Priest for Shelton Benjamin with Cedric Alexander for the United States title. Priest wins with the Reckoning. Uh, after Priest talks about uh, the guys he's already beaten, uh, and, and he uh, puts them all over and says he stepped up and remained U.S. champ. He says it's mania season and he wants an opponent that fit the caliber. Uh, says next week he wants someone to challenge him that's a world championship caliber wrestler, I guess, superstar. And then immediately Finn Balor comes out, which is awesome. Uh, he lists all the things Priest said he wanted, and it sounds like you're talking about me. And I said, I'll see you next week. So I gave that a plus one. Match with Shelton got a plus one, overall plus two. Uh, Reggie has an in-ring promo next and says, no 24-7 shenanigans will happen until he's done, he promises. Um, he brings out Dana Brooke. Reggie says he cared about her, and uh, and she was the 24-7 champ. But last week he lost sight of what was important. And feels horrible and apologizes. Reggie wants to show her that he means more to her. And then asks for a ref to come down. And then uh, Reggie does a flip slash like a twist. And then lays down uh, for Dana. Who pins him and then he kicks out. Um, I gave that a plus one. Uh, he tells Dana he was kidding. And then she uh, she pins him. And then kicks out again. And then a third time Dana kisses him. And then it keeps him down for three. Um and Dana becomes a 24-7 champ again. Her makeup was all over Reggie's face after they, they kissed. But um, I, I would have... I really wanted Reggie to kick out and just become a huge dick and, like, be a heel from there on. I thought that would have been great. But, um, all right, this is still the direction they're going. That's fine. Um, they look at each other, and then Tamina, Tizawa, and Truth come out, and then Reggie and Dana work together and escape. They knock Tazawa off the apron into Tamina's arms. Tazawa closes his eyes and goes for a kiss, and Tamina drops him. Plus one for that. I'm into the I'm into the comedy, you know. And I think these Dana's getting better at it. Reggie's fantastic at any twenty four seven thing he's had to do. Truth is the fun, maybe the funniest. He may be one of the best comedy wrestlers of all time. 
He he is one of the he might be the best comedy wrestler of all time. Um, Tazawa is hilarious and has amazing facial expressions. He's so funny and he can wrestle. And then Tamina is a good straight woman. Um, Bianca Belair uh, has an in-ring promo. She says she's going to run it back at Mania this year. Becky comes out. Becky tells her the only reason she was allowed to main event WrestleMania is because Becky did it first. Bianca says she did it better. Um, actually, yeah, the match was way better than the triple threat, so I do agree with that. Um, but Becky winning was better than Bianca winning. Uh, Becky says she walked out uh, with two belts and the Raw Women's title. Uh, she's held ever since. She said the SmackDown title was one of uh, was the one she beat her for in 26 seconds. Uh, Bianca says she didn't want uh, she did what Becky told her to do and that's go to the back of the line and beat everyone uh, she mentioned she was a sole survivor at Survivor Series she won the Elimination Chamber and she didn't complain I'll give that plus one that's pretty accurate she went to the back of the line and she did earn her title shot but uh, just not the person I would have given to Becky um, but I think it'll be fine Becky says the fans turn on her because Bianca, um, and that's why she despises Bianca. She says she uh, she told Bianca, you see what I did to Lita, who I love. Um, what do you think I'll do to you, someone I despise? And then Bianca says she'll make her the victim now. And then Dewdrop comes out, who Bianca has a match with against. Again. So the segment got a plus one. Um... Then the Bianca and Dewdrop match. Uh, Dewdrop lays Bianca out with a crossbody on the outside while she's uh, talking to Becky. Uh, Bianca powerbombs Dewdrop off the ropes and hits her with a KOD for the win. Becky gets on the announcer's table, um, and her and Bianca stare down. No points for the match. Edge is an in-ring poem next. Um, talking about WrestleMania and outdoing himself every year. He goes through um, all of his manias. And talks about him. Uh, Edge mentions how pheno- how he's phenomenal and gives an eyebrow lift or a wink. I give that a plus one. That's a great tease. And then Edge throws down a challenge to everyone in the locker room to step up and face the man uh, who's still the best and still le- uh, and still the best and a legend. Says you fight me at WrestleMania and I'll make you live forever. Edge says he'll be waiting. Plus one. Can't wait. Um, and then the main event, we have RK Bro versus Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. If KO and Seth win, they're in the tag team title match in two weeks. So uh, Orton drops Owens on the table, but Seth does a suicide dive onto Orton, sending him over the announce table. Owens and Seth quick tag, and Owens hits a swanton. Rollins immediately hits a frog splash, and uh, they get a near fall. Uh, bar- uh, Riddle barely lifting the shoulders. It's a cool spot. Um it's, they're so fluid together, Owens and Rollins. It's amazing. Uh, Randy gets a hot tag. Orton goes for the DDT on both Rollins and Owens, but um, Rollins escapes. Owens doesn't. Um, later on, Riddle's in the ring, the legal man. Um, Orton's laid out on the outside. Rollins stomps him. Goes into the ring. Owens and Riddle two on uh, Owens and Rollins two on one against Riddle. Riddle hits a floating blow, bro on Owens. Uh, into the corner, but Riddle is or Rollins is able to tag in. Riddle goes for the RKO. But Owens catches him, and Seth goes between the legs. Um, he catches him and lifts him. Seth grabs him between the legs for a buckle bomb. Uh, 
into a stunner, into a stomp. I give that a plus one. Takes a lot to, took a lot to beat him. Finish was strong as hell. Uh, I gave the match a plus four, and overall I got a plus five. Um, overall, not the best raw. Um, got a plus nineteen. Um, not too much, but individually, Brock, Logan Paul, uh, Ray, Dom, Nikki Ash, Rhea, Dewdrop all got zeros. Paul Heyman, The Miz, Damian Priest, Shelton Benjamin, Reggie, Tamina, Tazawa, Bianca, and Edge all got plus ones. Alpha Academy, Profits, and Dirty Dogs, wow, three tag teams, all got plus two. Ciampa got a plus three. Balor and Orton got a plus four. Riddle a plus five. And Rollins and Owens a plus six. MVPs are Owens and Rollins. Match of the night is RK Bro versus Owens and Rollins as well. And that's Raw. Alright, NXT on the 22nd of February. Braun Breaker starts in the ring with a promo. Uh, he came out with uh, like a new name graphics with the, the TVs. I don't know if that, that was brand new, but it's pretty cool. It makes him feel special. I don't know if it's... I don't think they were doing it the whole night. I think it's for Braun, specifically with his entrance. Um, but uh, he says Santos was tough, but now it's on to stand and deliver. Dolph Ziggler comes out. Ziggler tells him stand and deliver is a ways away, and Braun will make it there, but uh, not as champ. Braun tells Ziggler he owes him a receipt for super kicking him last week. Ziggler tells him he's a hothead and, and to stay. He says he likes that because uh, it's in his jeans and not the Canadian tuxedo he's wearing. Braun says they don't pay him to dress; they pay him to kick ass. And Ziggler tells Braun he's the guy in Orlando. I kind of like that. I gave him a plus one. Um, and when we uh, when he walked in the door, he became uh, Dolph became the biggest star in the building. Ziggler tells Braun he has the night off and is barred from ringside in his match. Uh, segment got a plus one. Next up, we had Grayson Waller with Sanga versus LA Knight. Uh, fucking Sanga had his mustache curled. Um, I guess that's his look. Uh, from the outside, Waller jumps and rolls into the ring and goes for the stunner, but Knight catches him. He gives him a suplex. Uh, Knight goes for the finish, but uh, Sanga, or Sanga, whatever you want to call him, whatever his name is, Sanga, I believe it is, with an A. Uh, grabs Waller's arms and holds him up. Uh, Waller grabs, uh, sorry, Waller Waller gets a dumb roll up. Um, looked pretty dumb and ended in like a normal lateral press. He just grabs the tights uh, for the win, so I give that a minus one. Um, it was a good idea, like having him roll him up and having Sanga help, um, but they poorly executed. Um, so. After the match, Knight beats up Waller and then um, Waller and Sanga hitting the BFT on both. Uh, match got plus three and overall plus two. Uh, Dakota Kai earlier today, uh, they had showed early. Uh, they showed Dakota was looking for something, and then finds Wendy Chu sleeping. Kai wakes her and tells her, um, "Like we're in the Dusty Cup. Why didn't you tell me?" Uh, Chu says. Uh, she told Kai's friend, and Kai was like, what? And she's like, the one you're always talking to. Talking about the imaginary person she's always talking to. Uh, Dakota Kai tells her she isn't good with friends, and she tried once, but it didn't work, and then she tried again, and that didn't work. Chu tells her it's because she, um, she hasn't had her as a partner yet, and then she walks away. Kai talks to herself in the third person and uh, says, or not in the third person, Kai talks to herself and says, third time's the charm. Nah, probably not. And that made me laugh, so I gave it a plus one. 
Uh, we had a Cora Jade and Raquel training session next. Uh, Raquel is wondering where they are, and Cora tells her it's time to um, turn, uh, time for her to lead the training, and uh, it's time to be learn how to be fearless and take risks. Uh, Raquel catches, says she catches people falling. She doesn't do the heights and the falling. Um, and Cora says she does now. They go to some tree climbing place where they're like hooked up to harnesses and stuff, and they're walking from tree to tree, like high off the ground. Uh, Raquel is scared the entire time, but she's doing it. At the end, they zip line where Raquel doesn't want to, but Cora convinces her, and they do it, and they're all pumped, and they're ready for the dusty. No points. Uh, next, uh, Mackenzie Mitchell is in the toxic toxic lounge, the toxic attraction, which is where they will be watching on the dusty women's dusty classic matches. Um, they uh, shit talk Raquel and Cora basically, and then Mandy says Eo and Kaylee Ray couldn't beat her for the title, so they're doing this, but won't be able to beat JC and Gigi even if they win at all. No points. Next, we had Eo Shirai and Kaylee Ray versus Lash, Lash Legend and Amari Miller. Uh, EO wins with a moonsault. EO and Kaylee Ray talk trash to Toxic Attraction. Plus one for the match, one overall. Um, Amari Miller and Lash Legend did pretty good holding them, holding up with uh, Kaylee Ray and EO. Um, Lash specifically because she's not that good. Amari is actually pretty good. Um, but yeah, Lash is just green. She could be good, who knows. Dante Chen backstage with Mackenzie uh, says Duke thinks he's a big shot and attacks him from behind. Um, or trash talks him when he has a family emergency, but Dante Chen says he's here now. and says it'll be hard for Duke to sweep Persia Parada off her feet without any legs to stand on. We had Briggs and Jensen next, a, just a Briggs and Jensen segment backstage. Uh, Briggs is on his phone on a tripod and tells Jensen they're going to film a video for a date nap. Uh, first, Jensen says, hi, I'm Briggs, which I love. I cracked up. Um... There's also a funny um, thing from the Michael K. Show, which is a radio show in New York City. Um, the co-host, Don LaGreco, once announced himself on a hockey broadcast as the other announcer. And he said, hi, I'm Marty Lyons. And that's what it reminded me of. And that they play that sound clip on it every now and then. It's pretty funny. So that's what it reminded me of. But anytime someone says gets their own name wrong, it's kind of it's comical. Um, the second time he goes, he screams. And then, like, next time he smiles too much, <laughs> he says, and the last thing he says, hi, I'm Brooks Jensen, and then the segment ends. So, plus one there. These guys are really funny, especially Jensen. Uh, Duke Hudson versus Dante Chen was next. Uh, Chen attacks Duke during his entrance, but Duke ends up winning with a Razor's Edge powerbomb. I don't know if he's calling it anything. Uh, they didn't say anything on commentary. Um, but, yeah, no points. Next, Mellow and Trick are in the ring, cutting a promo. Melo says he's going to have a match of the night, beat Grimes and steal a show, and he doesn't miss. Melo says no one was talking about Braun, Dunn, or Creed's. Um, they were talking about the A-champ. Uh, he says anyone can get it on the mic, in the ring, or on the Bird app, which I'm pretty sure was referencing a uh, little battle he had with Max Caster on uh, on Twitter where he did the N-A symbol with his hands, and he thought it looked like the acclaimed symbol. Sure, dude. Uh, Trick mentions they'll be in Dallas, and uh, America's team will be in the same place with America's champion. Uh, Pete Dunn interrupts. Mello says uh, he t or he tells Mello he hasn't beat him, that he hasn't beaten Dunn yet, and says you are the A champ. 
but you should be doing something Mania weekend. Like, if you're the main champ, the A-champ, you should be doing something Mania weekend. Melo says he can't make everyone famous. Dunn says, then fight me next week for the North American title. Trick says, no means no, but Melo calls Pete Skeet Dunn. He calls Pete Skeet Dunn and says, if you want smoke uh, with me, then I got a leaf and a lighter for you, and I never back down from a challenge. Good line. Give it a plus one. And then Cameron Grimes runs in and takes out Mello and Trick. So segment got plus one. Cameron Grimes versus Trick Williams is next. Uh, Trick is still noticeably green, but um, he's really he's going to be really good in like a year or two. Just watch. Um, he gets it. I, I, I just like his little his movements and his just like instincts in the ring are are not what's green. It's just the physically like making it look like clean and smooth. So if that makes any sense. Like I think he it's gonna it's gonna he's gonna catch his physical is gonna catch up and he's gonna be uh really good. And especially since he's learning from Mello. Can't have a better mentor to or person to watch every night. Um Trick is able to have good back and forth sequences with Grimes. Um Grimes goes for the cave in, but Trick rolls out of the way. Um commentary says that was good instincts. Grimes hops on uh, hops over the ropes and goes for the cave-in um, from the apron and Trick moves out of the way and Grimes misses him. Mello tells Trick to go after Grimes and he runs into a super kick and then commentary says that was bad instincts uh, and they were arguing, saying if that was bad instincts or bad advice from Mello. Uh, Grimes sends Trick into the ring and hits a cave-in while Mello looks in, in disgust. I gave that a plus one for NXT Productions. Great camera angle from r- close-up of after the cave-in, close-up of a uh, of Mello, who's not looking at it, any, not looking at them anymore. Off to the side, disgrunt, uh, like just pissed off, disgruntled. And Cameron Grimes is in the background, looking right at him, smiling, getting the pin. So the match got a plus three overall, plus four. We go back to Briggs and Jensen. They're doing the Dayton video. Jensen says a couple pickup lines. He says, "Are you a cornfield? Because I'm stalking you," which is so ridiculous. I give that a plus one. He says, I'm a Leo Roar. Um, if you were a Transformer, you'd be Optimus Fine. And then he asks what a Transformer is. And he says, you like girls and I like guys too, but uh, not like that, even though that's fine. And then he talks about his friendship with Caden. And then he gets all nervous and asks Briggs to stop recording. Another plus one. Uh, next we had Champa and Braun in the locker room. Champa's lifting weights as Braun comes up to him, and Braun tells him he appreciates having his back last week with Dolph. Even though he won't be out there tonight, he'll be watching. Champa says nothing. Uh, he says nothing, and then Braun says, "All right, you're in the zone," and then leaves. And then Champa tells him uh, the way he sees it, it's Champa one, Breaker one, and he needs to find out who the better man is. Braun says he's looking forward to the rubber match. Give that a plus one because so am I. So segment got a plus one. We had a Chase University video next. Uh, he tells his students about uh, intestinal fortitude. One student asks what it means, and Chase says, it means uh, having a set of balls, you idiot. And then Chase then talks about how Von Wagner doesn't have intestinal fortitude since being with Robert Stone and calls him out. And he said he called him out and didn't get an answer. A student asks what he's gonna, uh, what's going to happen when he gets in the ring with Von since he's pretty big. Chase swears a bunch. It's bleeped out um, and says, you're going to have... You're going to give him, uh, or he's going to give him an, ad, uh, an uh, 
Andre Chase, you size ass kicking. And then uh, he starts uh, beating the student or throwing the student and tells him to get out of class. Um, Bodhi gets up and says, yeah, Mr. Chase, tell him. Um, as he's kicking him out of class. He tells him he's out of, he's out of the class for good. Uh, no points for the segment, but it was funny. Uh, Nikita Lyons debut versus Kayla Inlay. Uh, Nikita Lyons fucking rules. Uh, once, uh, once she learns the easy things to fix after, like, a handful of matches, like, how to sell certain stuff and, like, a little bit of timing on simple things, she'll really, she'll really be good. And she's also going to turn into an absolute star. Um, she's got a, I wrote down she's got a great scream. A lot of people scream in wrestling and it sounds terrible. Natty specifically, but a lot of people. Uh, Lions uh, hits um, hits a German, then kicks uh, kips up and does a spinning kick to Inlay's head, and then jumps on her and does a split for the win, pinning her. Uh, really good finish. Uh, kick was brutal, looked awesome, and then the split thing is awesome. So pl- no no points for the match, but a plus one overall. Do cuts in in the locker room. Uh, Persia comes up to her or com- uh, comes up to him. It says uh, he did really well last week and looked really hot. Duke grabs her and makes out with her, and then Indy comes up and tells Persia that's gross. Persia leaves, and Duke tells Indy that she used to like it. Indy says that was a long time ago. Duke tells her it doesn't have to be, and Dexter is standing in the locker room watching. Dexter puts his head down and walks out. Indy yells, it's not what it seems, and tells Duke she despises uh, she despises him and chases after Dexter. I thought that was fun. Give that plus one. I like enjoying these angles since there's not enough room for everyone to wrestle every week. You might as well give us some, give us some soap, uh, soap opera uh, segments. Uh, next, Von Wagner and Robert Stone are backstage. Basically, Stone calls Chase Andre Chase dumb for challenging Wagner, uh, and says next week they have a match and they end like they did the other times. And it's Von Wagner's world. And then Von says you're just living in it, and he sounds terrible. He should literally never speak. Not even for one line. Uh, we had Creed and uh, the Creed brothers and Malcolm Bivens Dusty Cup celebration. Uh, Bivens says, "Let's talk about perception over reality." And Imperium wants to believe they're the uh, they're world class athletes, but they haven't done NCAA tournaments or Olympic trials. But the Creed brothers have. Uh, Imperium wants you to believe they are the best tag team, but they never won a Dusty Cup. They ne- they want you to believe they're fighting champs, but haven't defended the title in weeks. Imperium comes out. Bivens calls Gunther Gunna. And Gunther corrects him. Um, Gun is a rapper, if anyone didn't know. Um, they don't care about uh, winning the Dusty Cup because they will never beat them. Imperium says, uh, or Imperium goes to get in the ring, but the Kree brothers attack them. But it leaves Gunther and Bivens in the ring together. Gunther goes to chop Bivens, but Solo Sokoa grabs him um, out of nowhere. Gunther uh, grabs his hand mid-chop and super kicks him, dropping Gunther. I get that a plus one. That was cool. Um, Bivens' face was scared shitless the entire time. Perfect sell- selling. And then Bivens scared shitless smiles and gives a thumbs up to Solo. I gave that another point. So, plus two segment. We come back to the Briggs and Jensen dating segment. Um, Jensen uh, says one more line but is pretty defeated. Briggs pumps him up and tells him he thinks about, thinks about all the women... He's going to get with this. Uh, Fallon Henley walks in 
and uh and ask it what they're doing uh once they tell her uh she's like you can just take a picture and go on an app um and she says she takes a picture of him and then says she'll set up a profile for him um Briggs is trying to get her to stop talking and saying that the entire time, but she says it and leaves. Jensen is excited, but Briggs wants to stick to the video. Jensen's at, Jensen asks why he's making him do a video for an hour and a half, and Briggs tells him that uh, his love life is Briggs' own for, favorite form of entertainment. Uh, this upsets Jensen, and he leaves. Um, I like that this led to something instead of just doing three like funny segments and like pushing the Jensen can't get girls storyline um it introduced Fallon really she came in and now it introduced her to the storyline maybe she becomes a uh, Jensen love interest who knows and it maybe a little tension now with Briggs and Jensen not that I want them to break up or whatever but still a different dynamic so plus one for that segment they each got a plus one so great for them um Joe Gacy and Harlan backstage with Mackenzie. She shows them security footage of them walking up to Draco Anthony at the gym confronting him. Draco pushes Gacy and Harlan gets in Draco's face. But Gacy stops him and holds him back. Uh, Gacy says they approach him in his most comfortable place, training at night alone. And they had a difference of opinion, but that's okay. Gacy says Draco is an athletic piece of clay that he can mold. And Gacy says Harlan and Draco will have a match next week. And after Draco... Um, will know it's it's far better to be with friends than be alone all right cool little segment uh cool little uh feud for gacy i, I don't want him off tv so glad he's doing something in harlan too i want to see more of him um ivy Nidal and tatum paxley versus Caden um and casey in the uh, dusty cup Caden and casey come out with um something glowing around their necks like legion of doom shoulder beds but like what their version would be like edm version of it um, they had steam cannons too. It's pretty cool. They really try to make it a party when they come out. Um, Nile and Paxley do pretty awful, <laughs> a pretty awful double team slam. Um, besides that, that was the only like botch of the match. Uh, Casey and Caden win with a neckbreaker and a 450 combo. Um, after the match, Ivy turns on Paxley and chokes her out as Roddy looks on. She has Paxley up against the ropes. They're up against the outside apron. Um, and Roddy pats her on the side. It stops Nile and they leave. No points in the match. So Sokoa backstage with Mackenzie now. Uh, Mackenzie tells him next week he has a match with Gunther. And Solo says he dropped the biggest, baddest dude. And Bivens comes up and says, although he had Gunther right where he wanted him, he's thankful for Solo's help. Bivens tells him he's the... the um, uh, he's the oos with the juice now and then goes to high five him but Solo says he didn't do it for him he did it for himself and leaves Bivens says alright bruh and then his hand is still in the air um, that back and forth was a plus one that was good good stuff uh, we have the main event next Tommaso Ciampa versus Dolph Ziggler uh, there's a lot of counters and clotheslines from Ciampa um, Ziggler goes for a super kick but Ciampa hits with the boot then a backbreaking power backbreaker power bomb, which I, I love that move. Um, gets a near fall. Uh, then he lowers his knee pad and then hits Ziggler with a running knee, and Ziggler gets his foot on the rope. Ziggler throws Champa into the post and then zigzags him on the outside. Ziggler's arm is hurt, or sorry, Champa's arm is hurt. Uh, Ziggler misses a super kick. 
Champa tries to do a fairy tale ending, but his arm hurts too much. Ziggler rolls him up and grabs the tights for a near fall. Ziggler immediately gets a sleeper in and almost passes out and gets up. Ziggler is on his back and drops him down. Stayed on him, covering him for a near fall. They fight on the apron, resulting in Ciampa hitting Ziggler with an air raid crash. That got a plus one. Uh, it's a nice apron spot. A cameraman hits Ciampa uh, with his camera in the back. Ciampa does end up selling his head, but he did get hit in the back. And then uh, a cameraman goes back to filming like nothing happened. The referee didn't see it. Ziggler super kicks Ciampa for the win. That's a cool way to do it. Gave it a plus one. Um, I would have had Ziggler use a zigzag, but they uh, they build the super kick the entire match. He didn't hit a single super kick all match. And um, and uh, he missed a few times, so they're really building it. So I get it. Uh, so it worked well. Um the Ziggler super kick is a one and done super kick. Let's bring one and done super kicks back, huh? Let's make Shawn Ma- in Sha- at least in Shawn Michaels show. <laughs> we should we should do that. I wonder if he said that backstage. He's like, you know what? Maybe you should do one super kick and end with it. Um, but after the match, the cameraman takes off his hat and hoodie, and it's Robert Roode. Who else? Um, they both go after Champa, but Braun makes a save and says, "Next week it's YouTubers us two. Uh, and you can find your balls and take, or you can find your balls and take me on two on one right now. Ziggler and Rude walk up to the ramp, and then uh, walk up the ramp, then turn back and run into the ring. But Champa gets up and they brawl and they go off the air. Things are break. Every um, what's the saying? Um, things are breaking down in Tulsa. So I give that a plus one. Good ending to the show. Match got a plus six. Overall plus eight. Overall good NXT tonight. Well, not tonight, but that night um overall plus 27 zeros for chu core raquel dante chen peter dune andre chase persia parada von wagner robert stone creed brothers imperium gacy harlan draco ivy nile tatum paxley caden and casey they got a lot of people on this episode uh dakota kai io shirai kaylee ray amari miller lash legend mellow nxt productions nikita lions indy hartwell dexter duke hudson uh gunther fallon bridges or Briggs, sorry, Jensen. Oh, sorry, Briggs and Rude, not Jensen. All got a plus one. L.A. Knight, uh, Grayson Waller, Solo Sokoa, Malcolm Bivens, Braun Breaker, all got plus twos. Jensen, Grimes, and Trick all got plus threes. And your MVPs of the night and your match of the night, Ziggler and Champa. At plus nine. All right, Dynamite on the 23rd in Bridgeport, Connecticut. This is the uh, the town over from my hometown where I grew up my entire life. Um, so me and my buddy uh, Joe, uh, at Cup of Joe Black on Twitter, go follow him. We uh, a few weeks out, we wanted we decided to uh, we wanted to get tickets, and so I was over in the area of the arena earlier in the day around four or five after I got off work I had to go down there and get something so um I was like all right we were gonna go to the box office anyway and try that and we were looking at StubHub and Ticketmaster and everything see if they were dropping and I was like let's just go up to the box office and then if not we'll buy tickets on our phone and then I I called them I was like I'm actually gonna be here so let me go see what they are so I park um I park uh run to the the side because i gotta go home from work i gotta change i gotta shower i gotta get ready to go back to this arena in like an hour 
Um, so we don't miss anything. The door's open at 6, but show started at 7. And it's like 5 now. Um, or it's like it's like 4.30 now, I think. And I was we were originally going to... I was going to pick them up at 5 and go to the arena. So we were a little behind, but if we got the tickets, it wouldn't matter. So I go up to the box office, and I go, you got any front, uh, front se- uh, floor seats left? And they go... Uh, she goes, yeah, they've been popping up and they've been going up and down or popping in and out uh, on our our end. So uh, let me check. She goes, up, oh, yep, we got a first floor or first row, and then points to where it would be. Um, first row, um, and then the base, uh, the t- prices are ninety dollars, but they come out to one hundred five after tax. And we have third row. That's the-. and I was like, stop talking. First row, two tickets, please. And they can't beat that price. Um, I thought they were camera side when I bought them, but that's okay. They weren't. But um, blessing in disguise because we got on TV and we met some cool people. But uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so yeah, I went back home. I did all did all everything I needed to do, and then uh, went and picked up Joe and we we went to the uh, the arena. So we get to the arena, and it's um there's this huge line that goes. From the arena all the way down the road, well, all the way, not the road, but like the, so there's a, uh, it used to be a baseball field, but now there's a concert hall, a concert venue with like a roof, but it's still like open on the sides. Uh, so they have summer shows there, summer concerts. So it's that, and then I think like one other structure, and then the uh, the arena. And so it's just like a path, like a pavement, like a walkway that um, from the parking lot where everyone parks to the, the front door. And there was a huge fucking line. And we're just like, there's no way this is the only line. Like they're, they, they like every time we've been here, there's multiple lines. So we, we just walked in good faith. We followed a, a dad and his kids and we're like, let's just see where this goes. We're not the only ones. So uh, there were like four other lines that were like a th- a. Th- tenth of the of the length it made no sense uh, people see a line they start standing in it so we get in relatively quickly i wanted to get the adam cole shirt or see what they had but merch lines were too long and front row i really didn't want to leave my seat at all so i got like as much food as i could on the first thing i ate it as fast as i could and then i was good for the rest of the night um hot dogs are pretty good at, at a harbor yard for some reason but i'm oh, sorry webster bank arena uh, Harbor Yard doesn't exist anymore. Um, but yeah, so um, we go, we sit front row. Um, it's not camera side, but it's uh, still pretty freaking awesome. I know Joe hadn't sit floor before. Um, and I don't think I've actually, I can't remember if I actually sat front row for a WWE show ever. I definitely didn't for an AEW show. I've only been to a handful. But, um, so this might have been my actual like first front row experience off the top of my head now. I might remember one, but yeah, I'm pretty sure we always get second or we've been we haven't been front row. So this was pretty incredible. Um just want to uh shout out the two people that uh we became friends with sitting next to us. You can follow them on Twitter as I pull them up. Tmart two one three, at Tmart two one three, and John Sis, 
uh, 16, J-O-N-S-I-S-1-6. Great guys. Um, hopefully run into them at another another Bridgeport show or a uh, show in the area. Um, but, yeah, tons of great stories, so I'm going to get right into it. Um, there were dark elevation. I don't know if it was dark and dark elevation or just dark elevation. But uh, they did the tapings. I was <laughs> – I didn't realize that they – they actually throw like decent talent on there just to like get their win total up for the records. So like Frankie Kazarian was on it, um, Lethal and uh, Archer, a lot of a lot of like decent names. Um, but uh, they also like don't shy with pyro and stuff there. Like Frankie Kazarian came out with flames in his entrance for Dark Elevation. It's pretty crazy. Um, but out, speaking of Frankie, he had a match with. Um, Angels from, uh, Angels or Angles, I, I don't actually know his name, from, uh, Dark Order, and I think he's number five or something, um, and then after his match, he was, like, right in front of our, our row, and he just said, man, I love my job, and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool for a guy, um, um, of, like, all the things he's done in wrestling, and to be on Dark Elevation and have a good match, and then say he loves his job after, it's, uh, it's nice, um, Serpentico was in a match with him and Luther versus, um, I honestly don't even remember the tag team they faced, but, um, Serpentico was cool, he was talking to us, uh, I got a piece of his streamer, I actually don't even know what I did with it, but I gave a piece to, uh, T-Mart, hopefully he still has his, um, it's probably, like, in my pocket somewhere, <laughs> but, um, yeah, Serpentico was nice, he was a really cool dude, Luther threw somebody right into the, uh, barricade and I put my arm out like an idiot luckily I didn't break my arm um but uh yeah so the show started everyone came to ringside all the tag teams for the battle royal um it was the number one contender battle royal um show starts with the team surrounding the ring uh Jurassic Express comes out on the an- entranceway and watches the match um before the show actually went on the air um a couple things I noticed um or things that happened were uh Butcher was just fucking pacing like a madman back and forth. I was like, Jesus, guy, take this fucking a little less serious. You're not going to win this match. <laughs> um, we all were like, Kyle, can we have your shirt? And he's just like, guys, I only get one. And then I told him congrats on the baby. And he's like, oh, wow, thank you, man. I really appreciate that. So Kyle, awesome dude, as always. Um, so in the match, when Private Party gets eliminated, um, Matt Hardy is pissed and is, walks away. Ortiz gets eliminated by the Young Bucks at one point, and then right in, he's right in front of us, and he's laying down, and I just go, don't worry, don't worry, Santana's got you, Santana's got you, don't worry, and then Santana does something off the middle rope, or like, a, he does a moonsault off the middle rope, and the Bucks double super kick him, and I just, I'm just like, oh, like, oh, maybe not, and he goes, oh, yeah, he, don't, he don't got me, he don't got me, that's what Ortiz said to me, he's like, oh, you don't, he doesn't got me, alright, alright, fuck, which was funny, Ortiz is the man. Uh, Red Dragon and the Bucks shake hands with about uh, five teams left, and they make a pact to be the final two. Bucks, Red Dragon, FTR, Trent, Santana, and Silver are left at this point. Nick Jackson saves Kyle, from, and Nick Jackson saves Kyle, uh, and ends up getting eliminated himself. Orange Cassidy saves Trent as he uh, goes over his over the ropes. He catches him on his shoulders. The classic uh, New Day spot from the Rumble. Um, it, you couldn't hear it on TV, so it was fine. But FTR was just yelling out spots to John Silver, and uh, 
I don't think I think it didn't. I remember like they did the Tully spot like because Tully. So the next spot is Cash trying to eliminate Silver, and Tully is grabbing his arm, but Silver is able to flip Cash out over him. They did that spot way too early, and they went over to the ropes and Tully came over and grab it, and then Cash was like, "Wait, stop, stop, stop! Not yet, not yet." But before that, they were yelling out spots in the corner in front of us. But I mean, it's a multi-man, multi-team battle royal where the camera's probably not on them, so I'm not gonna blame them. Just wanted to say it, just because it happened. Um, but yeah, Cash gets eliminated, um, even though Tully was helping him. They have one uh, repre- one representation, one person to represent each of the teams that are left, um, which I thought was really cool. I gave it a plus one. It was Santana, Kyle, Silver, Trent. Dax and Matt Jackson. I was like, it's really all the better guys in the tag team, except Matt, because Nick Jackson is clearly the better one. But also, you can argue Santana and Ortiz are equals, but Santana might be the better to fit with the rest of them that we're in. He's more of a hard hitter, like Kyle, Silver, Trent, Dax, and then neither Jackson are really like prefer, neither one or the other are harder hitters. But, uh, it was a really cool idea to have them all be in there um, at the end. Santana and Trent are fighting on the apron, and Matt and Kyle knock off, knock them off, eliminating them. And then Kyle and Dax are fighting on the apron. Uh, they're giving each other stiff shots, a lot from Dax. Um, a lot of stiff shots from Dax, but Fish kicks out his leg on the apron. Um, I don't know what was said to Dax as he got eliminated, or as he was like in front of us after he got eliminated. But this was right after the Sean quote, or the quote about Sean came out, where he said um, Sean was really, they had a really good heart-to-heart, and then, like, once they got in front of the click, he just kind of buried him and made fun of what he just told him to everyone, which is fucked up for Sean. Hopefully, it's a little more exaggerated than Dax said, but, yeah, that sucks. But But Dax said, quote, the Bucks are worse than Sean. I don't know who said what or how joking it was, but who knows. Um, I assume it's all in good fun since they work together and they, I believe, can coexist. So I don't think there's any bad blood between them in real life, the Bucks and FTR. But um, after that, um, Matt eliminates Silver. Kyle throws out Matt. And Red Dragon and the Bucks face uh, face each other off as a... Red Dragon wins, last eliminating man, I should have said. Um, Hangman comes out. He looks at all of them and then attacks Red Dragon. The Bucks look on and, and uh, say that's all yours and leave. Cole Adam Cole runs in and goes to super kick Paige, but Paige catches it and beats him up. Hangman goes for the Buckshot, but Red Dragon pull Cole out of the ring. Uh, on the outside, Silver attacks Red Dragon and throws Kyle into the ring, and Hangman hits him with a Buckshot. Uh, overall, the match was fun. Nothing like insanely crazy. I gave a, a plus three to the match and a plus four overall. Um, after that, though, Hangman stayed in the ring and gave a promo. He said, who's ready for story time with Adam Page, baby? Uh, Hangman talks about Cole being uh, an overconfident prick and says he's be- he, uh, he became champ everywhere he went. Um, and his world crumbled, and he decided to join his friends and come to AEW. Hangman says, as Cole gets closer and closer to the AEW title, he's closer to a six-foot hole in the ground where the better Adam will put you in. Hangman says he will be a sound. Fo- um, Hangman says there will be a sound from the buckshot, and that shot is boom. Really good promo from Hangman. Really enjoyed it. Plus one. 
Um, now Brian Danielson is backstage with Tony Schiavone. Uh, Brian says Garcia reminds him of a young him, but the difference is he had a great mentor in William Regal, but he hangs with 2.0 instead, he being Garcia. Brian says Mox said to fight, to fight together, they have to bleed together, so he'll give him his answer tonight. Next we had an incredible segment. MJF in-ring promo. Um, halfway through his entrance, he is just like slumped down and tells him to cut the music. Um, his eyes are watery this entire time. Um, he says he knows the fans don't like him, but just give him an opportunity to speak tonight. Um, MJF talks about the photo Punk showed last week and how he said it was just a Friday for Punk, but it wasn't just a Friday for MJF because it's the only day he got out of... Um, because the only day he'd get out of bed some days is because of pro wrestling and because he loves pro wrestling. And that day means everything to him. MJF says um, he had a lot of learning disabilities and ADD in school. So uh, school was hell for him. But uh, one thing is, uh, one thing he was good at was football. And he said he was maybe one of two Jewish kids to try out. And then MJF asks if we have any Jews in the house. And I went nuts. Uh, he gave him plus one. He tells a story about how he was the uh, middle linebacker on his uh, football team, and he sees his teammates down the hall, and he's excited because he has friends for the first time, but uh, they all had rolled up rolls of quarters that they threw at him and told him to pick it up, Jew boy. Uh, MJF says he went home and cried, but on uh, Friday he was happy because he gets to meet his idol, the best in the world, CM Punk, and from that day on he decided he was going to be like Punk and stand up for himself. Gave that part a plus one. Uh, when he graduated... He had football scholarships, but he wanted to be a pro wrestler like his hero CM Punk. And he would train and watch film and practice promos in the mirror until his voice was hoarse. Give that a plus one. Uh, in 2014, Punk left uh, when he needed him the most. Um, and he said he left everyone, not just him. And if CM Punk uh, can't get it done, then why could a dumb five foot nothing ADD riddled Jew boy? So instead, uh, he quit on his dreams and went to college and buried his dreams deep down. Uh, one day he saw on the Wrestling Classic Instagram a photo of Punk and Brian shaking hands and he got upset remembering Punk le uh, leaving and told himself he's going to become the best in the world in spite of CM Punk. Give that plus one. Um, he made a promise to everyone that everyone getting bullied he uh, had him to watch and I made a promise I'm not going to leave everyone high and dry like Punk did. And he screams, you coward! I give that a plus one. Uh, MJF says he can now um he can mjf says you can make me bleed buckets but i won't quit because if i quit i'd be no better than you um but we know that's not the case because my name is mac maxwell jacob friedman and i'm better than you and you know it plus one um i i'm giving it an extra plus one all, all that i gave an extra plus one just because of the feeling you had after that not something you would expect mjf knocked it out of the ballpark whether they're going with it long term or not, that was that was incredible promo, really really good. After that, Punk walks to the ring and looks at MJF. Punk asks if it's true and if that's real. Punk mouths something of the lines of like that is that true, and then um, uh, MJF leaves upset, and Punk is with his hands on his hips, conflicted. Plus one, really good. That's really good. Punk has no idea what if he's playing him or if MJF's bearing his soul to him. So overall, that same, I got a plus eight. Absolutely fantastic. I can't believe I got to be there for it. Great promo. Um, 
Next, we had Daniel Garcia in 2.0 backstage with Tony Schiavone. Uh, Park, uh, Parker tells Brian uh, uh, they all walked into AEW together, and now Brian wants to swoop in and be Garcia's mentor. Uh, Lee says, no one gives a rat's ass. Uh, what would happen if you and Mox won his mentors, or were his mentors? Let me give you a taste. Said something like that, probably. Uh, Garcia doesn't uh, says he doesn't need a lesson in, on violence. He's lived it his entire life. No points for that. But the Kings of the Black Thro uh, Throne versus Penta and Pac were next. Uh, Penta had a ghost-like gimmick. Um, now, as he rises from behind a tombstone um, that says, um, and Justin Roberts announces him as Penta Oscuro, which is like the millionth name he's changed to, but that's one of his things. Um, Alex Abrahente, I think his name is. I, I probably butchered that. Um, is dressed with like a in like with white like white paint all over his face, like make it look like ashy and like washed out. Um, just basically like a vampire. Um, he's got a shovel, um, and he's wearing like this sweet cloak. I, I honestly like the shape of his face and stuff. He looked pretty, pretty uh, terrifying. Um, it looked like it fit him pretty well. I don't know. If that's a good thing or a bad thing. But this is kind of close to what Penta did with Vampiro in Lucha Underground. So I'm all for it. Um, Brody puts uh, Pac on Penta's shoulders and then chops Pac, who falls down and momentum gives Penta a Poison Rana, which is fucking was sick. Plus one. Um, Black went to spit mist in Penta, but uh, Penta covers Black's mouth and rolls him up for the win, making Black like choke on it and swallow it. Um, and after... Uh, Brody King takes out Penta and Pac. Black is chasing um, Alex, who has the shovel, and we're all he's, it's they walk right in front of us. We're all yelling, "Use the shovel! Just use it! Just hit him with it!" Uh, but Black ends up pushing him down and takes the shovel. Black puts the shovel on Penta's throat, then lifts it up, and the lights go out. And when they come back on, Buddy Matthews is in the ring. Give that a plus one. Cool, cool way to debut someone. Um, Matthews walks in front of Penta and Pac. And looks at Black, who's crawling away. But uh, Matthews attacks Pac and Penta, and Black sits cross, crisscross and laughs. Good swerve, plus one. I like it. Uh, security comes down, and Brody takes out all of them on the ramp. Uh, Brody throws a chair into the ring, and Black grabs it. Uh, Black grabs Buddy, who has Penta, and slaps Buddy, and then grabs his beard, and Black tells him to do it. And Buddy has his foot on Penta's back and drives him into the chair, stomping him down. So, plus one for that, too. Um, and then, I I was like, alright, it probably doesn't make TV, so it's fine. But it did. Um, Penta is the one who just who I just explained got stomped face first into a chair. And Pac hadn't been beaten up in a few minutes. He had only taken just beatings from all of them. As, as did Penta. So, Penta got all of that, the same as Pac. And he got stepped on. So... As, so the final image was Pac on the ground and Penta coming over to him and, like, seeing if he's okay, which made no sense. Um, I had to give that a minus one. But uh, the match got a plus three, overall plus seven, a lot of cool stuff. Next, we had another ba uh, banger of a segment. Uh, Eddie Kingston and Jericho face-to-face. -face. Uh, Eddie Kingston is making fun of the security guards at the ring when he comes out. He stands next to them, puts their ar his arms in front of him like they do, and look, has a stupid look on his face. Um, uh, me and Joe were shown on TV singing Judas. Um, thank God it wasn't embarrassing because they can look stupid when I sing. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, that was a cool little short clip um, during the chorus. So that was awesome. Couldn't ask for more. Uh, Eddie is making fun of the song and people singing it and asks if they're done stroking Jericho's ego. Jericho says he wants to talk um, and not fight like the sh- like a street thug. And Eddie tells Jericho he doesn't know what a street thug really is. Eddie says he has no idea what he's doing because um, uh, this is not he's not a sports entertainer. He's a fighter. And Eddie sa- asks, he says, he's re- get Chris Statlander or Willow Nightingale out in here instead um, of doing this segment. I gave that a plus one. I don't know. You could kind of take that as like he's kind of making fun of women's wrestling. He's like, I'd rather watch women's wrestling than this. But I think it's it was cool to just name them and be like, I, I want to see these guys. Fuck this segment. Um, so I gave it a plus one. And Willow Nightingale is awesome. Hopefully she gets a, uh, a chance in a company to actually be more than just like a I think she jobbed on Dark or Dark Elevation or something. So hopefully she uh, get a good push. She's cool. Uh, Eddie told him to go down the block if he wants to do sports entertainment. Jericho says, maybe I will go. We'll give you some sports entertainment. But this will actually be entertaining, uh, as Jericho tells Eddie about a story about Eddie himself. Um, cool, Jericho. Yeah, so you basically just said you were not entertaining in WWE your entire run because WWE is not entertaining. Cool, good, good, good looks, Jericho. Um, but Jericho goes on to say everyone was excited that Eddie was coming to AEW, but he was asking who the hell was Eddie Kingston. Jericho mentions he kept up with the Indies and still had no idea who uh, Eddie was, and maybe he was like, maybe they're talking about Eddie Edwards. But then he saw him, and the reason he's never heard of him because he looks like a jobber. Jericho loves the insider terms in this, uh, in this feud. Jericho then says he saw his match against, uh, what's his name? I don't actually know who he's talking about um, when he says what's his name. Uh, and then he heard his promo, and he may not have heard of him before, but he, he, he knew he was good, and he could uh, be a top guy and a huge baby face. Um, but he ended, with, ended up telling Eddie that he was right all along. Eddie asked what a baby face is. And Jericho says, Eddie finally made it to the big time at age 38. And everyone was happy, but I don't give a shit about your sob story or you. Jericho says, uh, Jericho says Eddie is jealous because at age 22, Jericho made it, had made it. Jericho says by 38, he had basically done everything and made millions of dollars. Uh, Eddie tries talking, but Jericho isn't done. And Jericho says, deep down, Eddie thinks uh, himself, um, Eddie thinks himself that he can't uh, be as good as Jericho. And Eddie asks if Jericho wants a cookie for his compliment. Says the only reason Jericho could could do all that is because Eddie wasn't there himself, which is kind of a dumb thing to say for Eddie because Jericho was like, "You weren't good enough to make it." So that was the whole thing. But whatever. Uh, Eddie says he doesn't um, cut other guys down and tell promoters to f off if they uh, if they ask him to do something like that because he's uh, he's gonna do what he wants till he dies. He's gonna be him till he dies. Eddie says he doesn't want to talk uh, to Jericho because he's uh, just sucking the blood out of him and uh, his blood's too tough for Jericho and how Jericho tells kids in the back, hey kid, you got something, let's team up. Uh, Eddie doesn't do that. Eddie doesn't suck the blood of of other people in the back. I give that a plus one. Eddie says he wants to fight Jericho at the pay-per-view. Jericho asks if uh, he's he has heard of uh, achievophobia and Eddie says he has a GED so he doesn't. And Jericho explains it's the fear of success and tells Eddie that he has it. Plus one, you can't win the big one feud starting. 
Uh, Jericho talks about Eddie's family, says he's read online uh, his history. He tells Eddie his uh, own first hero was his uncle, who was a failure. He believes his father was a failure. He believes in his father, and his father was a failure. And deep down, he knows himself. Eddie is a failure himself. Jericho all saying that about Eddie as Eddie. Give that a plus one. Jericho tells Eddie he can't win the big one, and Jericho says, in this company, I am the big one. Not Punk, not Mox, not Danielson, not the heavyweight champ, Hangman Page. Jericho says he accepts on May 6th at the pay-per-view, and then corrects himself and says March 6th. But, um, I mean, if this was two years ago, yeah, Jericho, you're the big one. But you were also he was also champ back then, but maybe right after he lost the title. But Mox, Danielson, Punk, and the title are all bigger than Jericho right now. I'm sorry. But uh, Jericho swears to God if Eddie managed to win, he'll look him in the eye, shake his hand, and tell him he has his respect because that means he would have helped Eddie get over the one thing uh, he couldn't, and, the fear, and that's the fear of success. So plus one there. Um, Eddie says, don't give me the Jericho in the Mimosa match or the Jericho who was pushed off the cage by MJF or the Jericho who was the first world champ. No, sorry. He said, give me the Jericho who was the first world champ who bled buckets in Tennessee who had respect for uh, from his hero Tenru in war, a uh, company in Japan, um, when he was over in Japan, yeah. Uh, the Jericho who turned WCW upside down and Jericho whose close friend Levesque hated him. Um, and if he doesn't give him that Jericho, he'll eat him alive. Plus one for that. Um, Jericho says he'll be that and so much more, and Eddie doesn't even believe he can win deep down. His own opinion is the same as Jericho's, and that's he's a loser and he can't win the big one. Good ending, plus one. Um, but at some point, while Jericho was talking in the beginning, and and Eddie was just like making faces and like shut the fuck up, dude. I I just screamed, "Let's go Yankees!" And Eddie winked. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't notice it when I watched it back. <laughs> but that was fun. So that got a plus seven. Um, next was the a- AHFOs backstage. They talk about Andrade winning the TNT title on Rampage and says Andrade and Private Party have a Trios match revolution with Darby Sting and Sammy. No points. Ricky Starks was number 10 for the Revolution ladder match uh, a qualifier. Uh, 10 had Starks in a full Nelson, but Starks pulls 10's mask around and spears him for the win. Didn't even win with the Rochambeau. Good for Ricky. Uh, not great for number 10. No points for the match or overall. We had backstage. We had uh, Red Dragon on the Cutler cam. Bucks come up and ask why Cutler's even recording in the first place. Bucks tell Red Dragon they double-crossed him. Kyle says he blacked out there and they have a chance next week, so don't worry. Matt says, they're right, you, we do, and now we're more motivated because we can go to the pay-per-view and kick Red Dragon's asses. Um, the two teams yell at each other and the Bucks leave. Uh, Cole yells at Red Dragon to get along with the Bucks. Fish says, tell them, and Cole says, I'm telling you. Which was funny, uh, but no points for the segment. Ooh, next we had Jade Cargo versus The Bunny. And my God, for the TBS title nonetheless. And I was just yelling at Jade that she stinks and she's green and she can't wrestle while she's making her entrance. She definitely heard me. All the, everyone, my <laughs> new friends were laughing. Um, but, uh, yeah, Bunny threw Jade into the barricade right in front of us. And um, Jade got up when they went back into the ring. And next thing we knew, there was a, a just puke on the ground next to uh, next to John's uh, John's feet. And uh, no one cleaned it up. I tried tweeting at Tony. I tried tweeting at, at AEW. I tried telling the ring crew. And one guy we talked to said it's not his job. Guy couldn't make a call. 
or say it, tell someone to make a call backstage. But whatever, it didn't. It, I mean, I if I had to sit in it, I'd be kind of freaking out. But it wasn't right on him, but it was pretty close next to him. It was more. It was under the barricade. It was over the barricade where, like, where the floor was, not where we were. But like, it was close enough. Where like, if he put his foot out, he would step in it. But uh, in the match, back to the match. After that, Jade crawls into the ring. She goes straight to the corner. Bunny's not even near her. She goes straight into the far corner, puts her head on the second rope, and sticks her ass out, and just waits there for a couple seconds until Bunny drop kicks her, which looked just dumb and brutal because just crushed her neck. So I gave her a minus one for going in there and waiting there for no reason, no psychology at all, and then poor Bunny did the did the move and it was probably the right move, but yeah, Jade only hurt Jade. So another minus one for that. Uh, Bunny pins Jade at that point and doesn't kick. Jade doesn't kick out, and the ref stops counting. So uh, negative one. I know you got to protect your people, but sometimes you uh, you got to make it real because <laughs> you can't not kick out. But um, it's whatever. It happens all the time in wrestling, and it, uh, sometimes they let they 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 run the count in WWE. But uh, yeah, but you can't not kick out. So minus one. It's just hilarious. I was just pretty much when I was telling people that she sucks, and I was pretty much just instantly correct, proven right. Um, Matt Hardy distracts the ref and throws uh, brass knuckles to Bunny, and but Sterling ends up throwing the belt to Jade, and uh, Bunny punches the belt with the with the knucks and hurts her hand um, as Matt and Smart Mark Sterling get ejected. Bunny rolls Jade up for a near fall. Super kicks her and goes for the rabbit hole and gets countered for Jaded for the win. Uh, Bunny really worked her, her her butt off, worked circles around Jade and tried to make this a good match, but it just wasn't. Um, after the match, Tony uh, Shivani interviews her and she says, "Who's who's next? Better yet, who's left?" And uh, I I literally screamed, literally everyone. Another minus one for Jade saying something completely stupid. She's literally faced like three people of note. And hasn't, and then there's a bunch of, and there's some that she faced a while ago that she can easily face again. Um, like I think she beat Rosa once or twice, but she could have faced her again. She could face Ruby. She she could face Nyla. She could face literally Statlander. She could face anyone. Um, yeah. So pretty pathetic. Um. So after that, Ty comes out and accepts her challenge. There's another person she could face. And a J too. Um, uh, she gets in her face, and they throw down before the bunny attacks Tay, and uh, she gives the bunny a Tay KO as Jade kicks her in the face. And a J comes out with the chair, and sends Jade Cargo out to the ring. No points for the match. Minus four overall. Um, Keith Lee was backstage next, doing an interview with Alex Marvez, and. Lee talks about the rest of the people in the ladder match as Ricky Starks and Hobbs come up. Starks tells him Team Taz run things around here and tells uh, Keith Lee to stay in his lane. Hobbs steps up to uh, Lee, but Starks says we'll save that for Revolution. No points. And next, the main event, Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia. It was a really hard-hitting match with a lot of grappling. Uh, Danielson wins with a triangle choke and as he flexes. And after Brian tells Garcia uh, that's exactly what he wanted to see, uh, 
2.0 attack Danielson and Mox makes the save. It was awesome. I went absolutely nuts. Singing wild thing. Um, Brian accepts Mox's challenge and tells him, don't be surprised if you're the only one bleeding. Match got a plus three and overall a plus three. Um, yeah, Mox coming out of the crowd in Bridgeport, Connecticut just looks so cool. It wasn't near me, but so awesome. Anytime Mox comes to the ring, it's electric. But uh, overall, the show got a plus 26. Uh, we're going to start with minus four for Jade. Um, well-deserved minus four. Uh, Cole, Adam Cole, Matt Hardy, Andrade, Ricky Starks, 10, Bunny, and Keith, uh, Keith Lee and Mox all got zeros. Uh, Hangman and Punk with a plus one. Uh, everyone in the tag match, which was Gun Club, FTR, Red Dragon, 2.0, Young Bucks, Butcher and Blade, Best Friends, um, Santana and Ortiz, Private Party, Silver and Reynolds, all got plus threes. Uh, Buddy Matthews a plus three. Brian Danielson a plus three. Uh, Daniel Garcia a plus three. Penta, Pac, Jericho, and Eddie all with a plus four. Uh, Malachi Black and Brody Lee with, uh, excuse me, Brody King. Rest in peace, Brody Lee. Uh, Brody King with a plus five. And your MVP with the segment of the night, MJF and the MJF Jew Boy promo. Just great. Um, absolutely hell of a time well i could save that wrap up for uh dynamite because they did tape dynamite after so stay tuned for that all right smackdown uh february 25th hershey pennsylvania starting off with ronda rousey in the ring with michael cole not a hot start but uh cole asked why she decided to return at the rumble uh she talked about breaking her hand at mania 35 then breaking her other hand after that somehow and then had a bit having a baby and she talks about her mom winning judo while still while being a single mom and wants to be the same badass mom for her daughter so that's why she came back um ronda wants to be the first person um in a while to tap out charlotte flair charlotte comes out and says uh she's gonna make ronda tap for the first time ever and sonya attacks ronda from behind and charlotte drags her into the corner and rams her leg into the post Sonya's asking why Ronda is such a failure, but Ronda flips her a judo throw, and then um, uh, Sonya falls out of the ring. Opening segment a little flat, no points. Um, I probably went to commercial there, and then back from commercial, they were Sonya and Pierce were in their office, rewatching what had just happened. And Pierce tells Sonya next week she's going to go one on one with Ronda, and management has made it official. So, uh, good luck, Sonya. Probably going to get destroyed. Um, we had Los Lotharios first New Day in the uh, the rubber match. See, I I've tweeted this before, but um, I know everyone hates the fifty fifty booking and the rematches and rematches, and I do too. Don't get me wrong. Wouldn't it be better if WWE was just like Los Lotharios first New Day, best of three, and then just put them out, and they just like instead of like just randomly like watching a show and then being like oh they're giving us another match with no they don't tell us it just we're watching it. it's like coming up next los lotharios versus new day for the third week in a row and you're like uh but if like before they started if they're like these two teams were going to put in a series best of three that would make it seem cooler and they just started doing like like make it a little like baseball like how you have series with people i think that would be a little better um than just throwing them out there um at least when you make it a best of three when you lose one, you know you have other ones. When you just put out a uh, 
a like Los Lotharios New Day match and New Day wins, Los Lotharios just loses and doesn't have a match next, like next week with them. So they it just makes it feel worse. Um, but anyway, um, in the match, Garza did a suicide dive onto Kofi and uh, ends up almost spearing him. It's a pretty cool uh, suicide dive spot. Uh, Kofi jumps off the top rope into a super kick from Angel for a near fall. And then Big E gets on the ATV that he rode to the ring. Um, and Umberto's lying in front of him and threatens to run him over, um, but it just, which distracts Angel. Kofi rolls up Angel, pushes him through, um, and is, uh, hits knees to the face, then tags him Big E, and they hit the midnight hour for the win. Good match. I think their first one was their best, but uh, plus four for the match and overall. Backstage, they had uh, Sheamus and Ridge talking, and the New Day came up in the ATV, um, and Sheamus tells them he'll beat them up, and they ride off. Annoying Sheamus. No points. The Usos are backstage with Sam Roberts now. He's doing backstage interviews. Um, they talk about Roman and the Brock contract signing. They say uh, they can smell the Viking Raiders from a mile away. And then the Viking Raiders attack the Usos and scream. They want their title shot as the Usos run away. Uh, we had Xia Li in gorilla position with Megan. Uh, who She said uh, she's dreaming about this. She's nervous but confident. And then Xia Li versus Natalia was the next match. Um... Shayna, Aaliyah, Gulak, and Mansoor are all um, watching in the back for some reason. Um, the crowd chants uh, Hershey's Chocolate, and Pat says they're chanting Xylee's Got It. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they were chanting Hershey's Chocolate during this match, and Pat goes, they're chanting Xylee's Got It. Um, Zaya hits a nasty spinning heel kick for the win. I gave that a plus one. Uh, match got a zero, though. Next, we had Sami Zayn's celebration. Sami comes to the ring in a sweet gold jacket and a bow tie. His attire gets a plus one. He's screaming, finally, justice is served, and then points to his title. Sami mentions the conspiracy and mentions how the balloons in the carpet um, in the ring don't match. And he says he can go into how that's part of the conspiracy, but he's not going to because he's Intercontinental Champ and things are good. But Sami says no matter what they throw at him, he can overcome it all. He knows that now. Um, Sami says... He will give Shinsuke a rematch, but he's not available. And, of course, his knee, um, because of his knee, and uh, he says he will defend against any and all comers. Johnny Knoxville comes out, and then Johnny says Sammy uh, crashes premiere in celebration. Now he's returning the favor for Jackass Forever. Now he's returning the favor for Sammy's celebration. Sammy asks Johnny to leave, but Johnny says, um, you just said whoever wants to challenge you can challenge you, so let's do it. Sammy says he knows he's trying to get in his head, and he doesn't belong here. Sammy tells Johnny he's not worth it and goes to leave, but turns around and beats up Johnny. Sammy hits a haluva kick. Knoxville didn't really know how to sell it, and it didn't hit totally. Sammy leaves and then runs back in and hits another nasty haluva kick. That one hit him, looked like right in the face, and Knoxville just goes down like a ton of bricks. It looked awesome. I give that a plus one. So the segment ended up getting a plus two. Good for Sammy. And then Sammy goes backstage. He's talking to Adam Pierce, talking about what happened. Um, with Johnny just then and Ricochet walks up and says he's going to step up to Sammy's challenge Sammy tells him to take a number go to the back of the line but Pierce makes it official it's a cool match but no points next we had Sasha Banks versus Shotzi haven't, I feel like we haven't seen Shotzi do anything besides back, be backstage in a while uh, Naomi comes out and does commentary for the match Sasha wins with a bank statement and Naomi cheers her and after the match Naomi says they are the next women's tag team champion Champs and they're gonna get a match at Mania. They're challenging the tag team champs for match at Mania. 
So all you have to do is like be a decently big star, not have a mania match, find a tag team partner, and check and challenge the uh, the champs. I mean, Owens and Rollins basically tried that. Um, actually, they had to earn it. These guys are just, hey, we want it. Okay. Um, Moss and Corbin backstage with Megan. Um, they replay the Moss bump from Elimination Chamber where he lands on his neck. Corbin laughs about it and slaps Moss, um, who sells the neck after he slaps him and um, says, that's using your head. But uh, Moss isn't really pleased. Corbin's mad at Drew for swinging Angela at his head and says he's undefeated and he'll show Drew who the real warrior is. I don't even think he's actually undefeated since being Happy Corbin. Maybe in singles matches, but I think he's lost to Drew. I'm not sure, but they're going to have a Mania match. But Drew McIntyre versus Mad Cat Moss for the third time. Um, before the match, Corbin says to Drew, this is a Mania-caliber match. Are you sure you want me to embarrass you here? Um, this was supposed to be Corbin versus Drew, actually. Sorry, I changed the title when it actually switched. But um, Corbin saying, this is a Mania-caliber match. You want me to embarrass you here? And Corbin talks about Moss calling him an inspiration and tells him uh, to get on the apron and show everybody um, how great Moss really is. Corbin's hyping up Moss, wants him to get in the ring. And then Corbin says, why don't you take this match? You deserve a rematch. And he says, don't worry. It's only Drew. You can take him. Moss gets attacked by Drew, but Drew turns around and Moss stops. Uh, but Corbin attacks Drew, and they double-team him, and then the match starts. Uh, Drew goes for a reverse Alabama slam, but Moss grabs the rope and escapes. Good tease. Um, Drew does uh, the countdown, but Corbin gets on the ropes, distracts Drew. Moss um, thumbs Drew in the eye and throws um, him shoulder first into the post and then hits a DDT for a near fall. And then Moss runs the ropes, but Drew hits a Claymore out of nowhere for the win. Another solid match between these two. Yeah, got a plus three. Normal. A plus three is pretty good for a third match um, on a random SmackDown. Third match in the feud on a random SmackDown when the feud's now 3 nothing. Drew. So, pretty solid. These guys can work well together. Um, plus three overall. Plus three. Yeah, that's really it. These guys are good workers, though. We had Ronda backstage with Megan. Um... She says she uh, is going to show everyone what happens when authority figures step out of line next week. That was basically it. Roman and Brock contract signing next, the main event. Paul Heyman says this match is bigger than Hogan and Andre, Rock and Austin, Lesnar and Taker. Kind of feel it's starting to feel that way. I feel like Hogan and Andre, though, might have been bigger feeling, obviously, going into it. Um, at that time, especially when it was kayfabe was real. Rock and Austin was, like, the best... Like, that's the best mania. That's, like, one of the best main events. One of the best matches. Like, best rivalries. But I feel like at the time it was huge, but, like, nothing compared to Hogan and Andre. Or, um, I feel like even this match right now. I don't know. Maybe I'm out of line. It's one, it's my, one of my favorite matches of all time. But And it was big. But they had wrestled already at Mania. They had, um, I guess, obviously, Roman and <laughs> Brock have wrestled multiple times at Mania. But... Obviously not with these characters. But, um, yeah, and Lesnar and Taker wasn't big going in because nobody actually thought the streak was ending. So I guess with hindsight, those two, it makes sense. Brock calls Paul Mr. Dick. Um, and then Brock says the security guards won't stop him from kicking their asses, but Brock's going to do it at Mania and get paid for it. Brock tells, or Paul tells Brock he's going to lose his title at Madison Square Garden. Roman tells Brock that the title he uh, has is everything. Um, 
Sorry. Roman tells Brock that the title he has and everything on SmackDown and everything in WWE is his. Roman gets out of the ring and goes on commentary. He says the commentary table is his. Points to the Mania sign. Says that it's because um, he is WrestleMania, so that's his. He points to all the security guards. Says those are his too, um, which is a plus one. And then all the security guards surround Brock. He throws the table at half of them and then takes out the other half, ramming the table into them. He F5s one of them and takes them all out for a plus one. Segment got a plus two overall. <clears throat> when Roman started going nuts, he said, this is all mine. He got a little interesting. But overall, SmackDown got a plus 12. Honestly, SmackDown has been struggling. They haven't been doing too much with Roman. Like It used to be like Roman starts. Roman is shown backstage a few times, then Roman finishes. Now we had um, really just this one segment or maybe... I don't know, nothing else notable. So, I don't know. But they're keeping them, they gotta, they can't have them do too much before the match. I don't know. But but in general, SmackDown's not been a, a joy to watch like it used to be. But Ron, nobody in negatives, but Ronda, Sonya, Charlotte, Sheamus, Ridge, Usos, Raiders, Natty, Sasha, Shotzi, Naomi, Corbin, all with zeros, Zaya Lee, Johnny Knoxville, Roman Reigns, Brock, Sammy, oh no, I'm sorry. Xylee, Knoxville, Roman, and Brock all with plus ones. Sammy with a plus two. Madcap and Drew with a plus three. And I believe this is the second, maybe third time that the MVPs and the match of the night are Los Lotharios and New Day. So that's SmackDown. Now let's go back to Bridgeport, Connecticut for Rampage uh, 225. Um, before uh, Rampage started, Jericho comes back out for commentary and everyone gets to sing Judas again. Um which was uh, fun, but not as fun as the first time. And it started with Andrade and Sammy for the TNT title. Uh, neither got entrances on TV. That's how Rampage works. Um, they get right to the action. Andrade overhand chops Sammy, and it didn't come off TV as amazing as I thought. It was great on TV, but it was the loudest chop I've ever heard in my life at a, at a wrestling show. Well, anywhere. I don't think anyone has ever chopped somebody else louder elsewhere. Um... But it echoed. It was on. It was so loud. Um, it was there was a stalemate with Sammy on the top rope laying down, um, and Andrade doing his laying in the middle rope pose, which was funny, which was cool. Um, Andrade goes to shake Sammy's hand, but Sammy gives him the middle middle finger in pure Sammy fashion. Uh, Sammy goes for a double springboard on Andrade, but he pushes him to the outside where he hits his face on the rail. Nasty bump. Uh, Sammy hits a top rope Spanish fly um, after he had hit a running uh, Spanish fly in the ring earlier. Andrade tries to expose a turnbuckle but gets caught and distracts the ref enough for Matt Hardy to take off another turnbuckle. And then Andrade almost hit a uh, bear turnbuckle twice but eats a super kick instead. Uh, on the top rope, Sammy kicks Andrade down and uh, face first into the exposed turnbuckle. Sammy hits a double springboard for the cover and wins. I'm sitting there front row watching this match, watching Sammy hit a double springboard or, uh, cutter to win the match and just thinking Andrade's done. Andrade is, has no hope of being a quote-unquote game changer, being a quote-unquote um, top guy or anything in this company with the way it's working. He just lost to Sammy's third move. I don't know how often Sammy does the... Um, 640 or whatever it is, but I know he used to do it a lot, the ricochet move. But the GTH is his finisher. 
He doesn't win matches that much with the, with the cutter, especially title matches. Makes Sammy look strong as hell, but R.I.P. Andrade's run. Um, after the match, uh, Hardy attacked Sammy, but Darby and Sting made the save. Match got a plus four. Overall, plus four. It was fun. Really fun. Uh, good, good TV match. Uh, QT Marshall came on the stage next and cut a promo about uh, Hook. He talks about how he gets disrespected and says he taught Hook respect but blames Taz. QT says he made Hook, not Taz. Hook comes out and QT sends out students. Um, Hook takes them all out and the last guy decides to not even try and runs away. And then Hook finishes and leaves. Next, we had Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Dan Lambert backstage. Lambert said he demanded Scorpio Sky a TNT title shot, but all Khan offered was a chance to qualify for the ladder match. Sky says it's the same ladder match he's already won. And Lambert says he will get Sky his title shot before the winner of the ladder match gets their shot. And Page says every every title match we've had is because of Lambert, so it's going to happen. Uh, next, we had Wardlow versus Nick Camarado. I thought this guy's name was announced as Nick Colorado, and I was like, what the fuck kind of name is that? And uh, they, my friends, the new friends laughed at me, and they were like, oh, no, it's Camarado. I was like, oh, okay, good. It's a normal name. This dude looked like the fucking grandson of the Barbarian or something. Um, I think he's in the... Uh, the QT faction, the whatever. He was with Aaron Solo, so I think that's that's what it is. The, um, I, don't, I can't remember what it's called. QT's thing. Um, the match was way too long in person, but they, um, they had a commercial through the match, and they didn't, like, since it was taped, they didn't, like, put the commercial and then pick up where the match was just left off, which I don't think anyone does, even when it's taped. And uh, so it was quick on TV. Um, but I was sitting there. I was like, God, why is this match so long? <laughs> this is wasting some of, most of Rampage. But uh, it made sense. Uh, Wardlow won with a Powerbomb Symphony. I think he hit it three times. Uh, after the match, Aaron Solo dives onto Wardlow. And he catches him, puts his hands up, uh, puts him up in Powerbomb position. But Spears hits him with his back with a chair. Wardlow drops Solo and his piss. Spears almost like crushed his hands. Spears tell Wardlow he's going to be honest with him. And no one is, no one, um, he's going to be honest with him because no one else is in, the, in this world, and he loves him like a little brother. Spears says the Powerbomb Symphony isn't working. The crowd boos, and Spears says, look, I mentioned Powerbombs, and that's their reaction. He tells Wardlow it isn't over, then explains over means popular in wrestling. Uh, like, Wardlow didn't know that, and his facial reaction was pretty funny. I gave that all plus one. Um, Spears tells him he has so much potential, and he and Max are so proud of him. And Spears hugs Wardlow, and Wardlow doesn't hug him back. So overall, plus one, but a match got nothing. Serena D versus Kayla Sparks, five-minute challenge. Literally the same as every other five-minute challenge so far. They're still doing this, so uh, no points. We had Thunder Rose and Britt Baker in a contract signing. Um, best part about this is um, at one point I just yelled, I love you, Rebel, and then put up a, a heart symbol with my hands, and then she did a, a heart symbol back during the promo. Um so, yeah, love Rebel. She's my girl. Uh, Rosa says she'll give um, the people what they want, and that's a new champ, and then signs the contract. Britt says the only time Rosa is relevant is when she, she's mentioned with Britt Baker herself. Britt says she didn't win the Lights Out match, and they made history, and Rosa won, but why was everyone talking about Britt instead? Um, the, entire Brit, the entire time Britt is talking, Rosa's just making faces, basically like, oh my god, just shut up, bitch. Um... Britt tells her she'll never be the face of AEW and tells Rosa Rosa's jealousy is just hate. Um, it's just jealousy is just hate, hate hatred. I can't speak. Sorry, 
Jealousy is just hatred built on insecurities, and that Rosa doesn't hate her, and she actually loves Brit. Um, it's herself that Rosa hates that Brit Brit is saying. Um, sorry, it sounded like I had a stroke during that. Um, Brit signs a contract, and Rosa jumps over the table. Um, onto Brit, Jamie beats her up. Uh, Rosa uh, beats up Rosa, but Mercedes makes the save and takes him out. Then Brit spines Buster's Jamie through the table. <clears throat> um, no points. Nothing really happened. Uh, we had the main event interview uh, with Orange Cassie and Anthony Bowens. We had Yuta and Max Caster there as well. Yuta explains to Orange Cassie he doesn't have to climb anything tonight and just wrestle and beat Bowens to get into a ladder match. And Orange Cassie's like, oh, cool, cool. I don't have to climb anything tonight. Sweet. Uh, the acclaimed dis Orange Cassie's looks say he looks like Ryan Gosling with scurvy. I don't, I don't think that's really funny. Um, Bowen says his face he isn't the face of TNT he's the face of Ellen DeGeneres which was funny Bowen's is awesome um, on their way to the ring one of their one of their line, Max's lines I had to give this a minus one is so bad I don't like you Anthony Bowen's is gonna fight you who's one of the lines you got like four lines to, to rhyme and that's what you use one of them on that's so bad Imagine John Cena coming out and saying, I don't like you. This guy whose name rhymes is going to fight you. Or not even his name doesn't rhyme. What am I talking about? I don't like you. We're going to fight you. Terrible. Um, at least he's not mentioning Putin or one of the other sort of issue topics he, he's mentioned. Um, Max tells Orange Cassidy to spit something. Orange Cassidy grabs a mic and says, yo, yo, okay, listen. Then puts the pits one hand in his pocket, does the gimmick kicks to Max, and then Max attacks Orange Cassidy, but he ducks, and Wheeler pulls him to the outside. Orange Cassidy picks, says the, uh, grabs a mic or puts the mic to his mouth and says, "Word to your mother." Then does a suicide dive onto Bowens. Uh, Max hits Wheeler with the chain um, on the outside during the match. Cassidy gives Bowen the bo Bowens the boombox and distracts the ref. Then gets on the apron, distracting Orange Cassidy, and Bowens rolls him up for a near fall. On the outside, Caster goes to hit Orange Cassidy with a chair, but someone in a hoodie and a mask stops him, and Caster rips it off, and it's Danhausen. He curses Max and Bowens, and um, Orange Cassidy gives him Bowens an orange punch, or gives uh, Max an orange punch. Orange Cassidy goes back into the ring and gives an orange punch to Bowens for the win. Match got a plus four overall, plus three. Um, T Martin and I follow him um, on Twitter. We um. We he we bonded over being Danhausen marks, and he's a bigger Danhausen mark than I am. Um, and we were like, oh my god, all night, just like, where is he? Like he ha he can't not be here. He had told me he saw him post something about LaGuardia Airport, so he's like here, but he if he's not on the show, it's like god damn it. And then we saw he he and then he posted up in the hoodie and the mask, um, in the timekeeper's area, which was right next to us. And uh, he saw him and was like, oh, my God, it's Dan Housen. He's coming out. So we knew, like, for, like, ten minutes as this match was going on, like, Dan Housen was going to come out. It was awesome. Um, Dan Housen's the man. I wish he cursed me personally, but he didn't. Um, after the match, I told Bowens he's going to be a star, and he said, I'm trying to. And he, I, like, reached over for a high five. I was like, man, really good match. And I was like, you're going to be a star. And then he's like, thanks, man. And then high five me. He's like, I'm trying to be. And I, like, tried to say something like, just got to drop the dead weight of Max or something. So I, I think he's like 
so much better than Max Caster in every way. On the mic, if they let him talk more, in the ring, just look, personality, everything. Um, definitely in ring. Bowen's also a former baseball player, so it's always going to give me a, a plus one in my heart. Um, after um, after the show ended, um, Tony came out and cut a promo about Connecticut or some shit, saying he was only been in Connecticut like one or two times, and it was something at UConn, and the food wasn't good. I don't know. I don't care. Um, but uh, he said, I know he doesn't want to come out here, but uh, he, he's contractually obligated, so... And you didn't get to see him much. So here's Adam Cole. And then he comes out, does his entrance, does the boom. Um, and does the Adam Cole baby. I think he does it twice. Um, and actually, he comes out and then Cole, uh, then Tony tells him. Tony was like, hey, he didn't get his entrance. And he comes out and does it. And he's like, you're contractually obligated to go around and take pictures and sign these people's autographs or whatever. In the ring, and he was like making faces like he didn't want to do it. But obviously, Adam Cole is the sweetest guy in the world, uh, and was happily taking pictures with everyone, one of us. John Sis, uh, follow him on Twitter. Um, so, met him before me and said something about being here in Brid- in uh, Bridgeport when he won the title. And I kind of reiterated that, and I was just like, man, I was like in tears when Johnny beat you, and then in like double in tears, like the same thing when you won. Like it's just. You guys are both amazing, and it was an emotional roller coaster. And I said something like, "Undisputed forever." I think I tweeted it too. Whatever I tweeted, I said to him, um, and he just smiled. He's like, "Just appreciated it." Um, I mean, I didn't make him laugh like I have in the past, but it's never a bad meeting Adam Cole. He is the absolute man. And my friend Joe, he's like, "I always bring a sharpie just in case," um, especially since we were sitting front row, and. uh we got our tickets signed, so that was awesome. Um, so overall, the show got a plus seven. Max Caster a minus one. QT Marshall hooks. Scorpio Sky. Um, Ethan Page. Dan Lambert. Wardlow. Uh, fucking Nick Colorado, a.k.a. Camarado. Uh, Deeb, Rosa, and Britt all with zeros. Spears with a plus one. Bowens, OC, Andrade, and Sammy with a plus four. They all won MVP. And I gave Sammy and Andrade the... Uh, the match of the night so there you have it that's an episode and that is my uh my time sitting front row for dynamite and rampage and then all my thoughts on the rest of the wrestling for the week so uh i hope you enjoyed and let's mark out